Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, as we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, guys, coming in with another episode. Um, Cody and Jared here sitting down. Um, we are drinking Barrio Brewing Co., uh, Hipsterville Hazy IPA from Tucson, Arizona. Um, Jared, was this the uh, brewery that we went to for... My promotion. It is, huh? Yes, sir. Barrio Brewing Co. Yeah. I did not buy that intentionally, but as soon as I read it, I was thinking, that's where I went for your promotion ceremony. Yeah, that's actually why I like Barrio so much. Oh, cool. I so, will give this a higher rating than it's probably So deserves. you knew this when, I, when you saw it. The second like, I see Barrio. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I love all Barrio beers because it's such a fun memory for me. It was my last promotion in the military, so... How cool. Yeah, that was a that was a fun day, man. Super fun to be there with you. And then also go check out that bar. And I think I think somebody messed up a little bit, didn't they? And said, hey, we're, we're going to cover the tabs. That was and, an expensive. No, no, no. So we were always going to cover the tab. We just <laughs> had a very tight attendee list. And someone everybody concluded, someone concluded their presentation or their, their uh, thank you speech with everyone's invited. So it went from about you 20, know, 50 people. No, because I oh. think we each had about 20, 25 okay. more flights. So it went from about 50 people to about, probably there was what, 100, 120 people there? Yeah. And I, 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 was, I was like, wow, you guys are really giving. Oh, that was an expensive. Because it wasn't just like drinks. It was like appetizers and drinks. I think you guys even had like a, like a food. Cake and yeah. A food like area that they like prepare wow. food. So. God, that was expensive. Well. <laughs> yeah. So Barrio, honestly, don't get me wrong, probably one of the more expensive uh, impromptu purchases that I've had. But. It was a fun day. I appreciated, obviously, your support. Um, heck, you actually went to all three of my promotions. Uh huh. You saw me get pinned on to second, first lieutenant, and captain. Well, the first one's not a promotion, really, right? Is it? Or is it? I mean, I guess technically, I went from cadet to second lieutenant. Okay. So, okay. okay. Um, that was a little bit different than a ceremony because everyone kind of had it, and it was like big stage-ish. So, so that was, as you know, the most formalized. Yeah. Event. Yeah, every, all the other ones were a little bit more... <laughs> I'd say probably the coolest one was to first number, lieutenant. Yeah, on the plane. Yeah. The C-130, that was probably the right? coolest or, one, yeah. yeah. That was so cool. On the, on the what do you call it, tarmac? Yeah, yep. Right on, the on the tarmac, tarmac. with, what, 20 guys? <laughs> yeah, set up, set up the flag inside the plane. How fun was that? That was fun. Um, okay, so today uh, we are talking about... I don't know if this gets a lot of news coverage, but there's actually a couple of news stories as of recent. I don't know if it's well known. Yeah. And I, and I think you probably were wondering why it was on the list even, because I put it on here. And I don't know if you know what news story kind of prompted me adding this to it. Uh, I can only assume Tesla. No, Florida and Disney. Oh, I would have figured Tesla, you know, kind of pimping out their new headquarters location. We'll talk about all of them. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but what we're going to talk about today, guys, is uh, city incentives to businesses. So how cities compete, uh, give certain types of privileges, certain types of incentives to move their business or open a, a, a facility in their local city. So, you know, if you're listening right now and you're in a larger city, right, this is anything probably over fifty to 100,000 people, your city probably tries to gain net new businesses. So Amazon is building a new warehouse, right? In New York City. Think of this almost as a sales team for your city. 100%. That, that, that's, a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Trying to create maybe tax incentives, uh, 
maybe land purchasing agreements, packages, treaties almost. It, yeah. Something to incentivize Amazon, Tesla, somebody to come in, open the facility, invest in real estate, bring new jobs, um, and create. Cause I don't know if everybody knows this, but when somebody like Amazon comes into the neighborhood, not only do they provide, let's say 500 to a thousand direct jobs, but they grow the entire economy of that city by maybe another 5,000 jobs. Everyone that supports Bingo, Amazon. Right? You have somebody that provides the fuel, maybe gas station and uh, you know, uh, convenience stores. You have grocery stores. You have Heck, new home developments. You have construction companies that need to build new roads now. Bingo. To right? expand new Widen roads. Widen right? roads. Yeah. Make new lanes. So um, this Hell, is big. You, need, you now need an increased police force, an increased fire department. I mean. Yeah. Just don't think of Amazon, you know, opening up a big ass facility as, oh, that, that created 2,500 jobs. Cool. No, no, no. You need to think about the entire ecosystem. 100%. Coming in. Oh, they're going to bring in, let's say, $10 million in revenue. Mm, probably more like $100 million with the $90 million of excess auxiliary type money. So what we're going to be talking about today is, you know, is this something that's kind of maybe getting overused by cities? Because... <laughs> When we go through some of these examples, I think you guys are going to be blown away. I, I don't even know if you went into this category. This is actually something you probably know more about than I will. But I know this is something that's always up for contention when they build one of these or they remodel one of them. And it's hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars given by a city. Um, and then the Disney Florida one was in the news recently where Disney actually had its own city that it was governing. That one is probably the weirdest. Exactly. And so... Hopefully you guys listen in on this one and just kind of maybe if anything, just learn a little bit about how businesses and cities intermingle. And it's it's a little dirty, a little close, a little, you know, like, hey, uh, maybe it's not like normal business practice, honestly. That's how it feels to me. So, so should we almost talk about, let's talk about the why. So I feel like the obvious is obviously job creation, opportunity creation, but also it, it's, it's almost, you can make a case for it. It's better for everyone in that, hey, if I bring in, you know, let's say I bring in a Tesla, an Apple, an Amazon, et cetera. Everybody either directly or indirectly wins because suddenly now you have 2,500 more people looking for houses. That obviously decreases the supply, increases the demand. So now you have opportunities for a home equity line of credit, maybe ref cash out refinance, things like that. Um, you now have a increase in human capital. So not only will potentially, you know, Amazon bring in some, some high earners, some high, uh, high, highly intelligent people that, you know, potentially are going to be there or not be there. But if they're not, that gives you the opportunity for your company to potentially grow and to maybe innovate a little bit more. It gives you maybe less shipping cost, depending on, you know, what company is going to be there. The different levers that someone like an Amazon, a Walmart, you know, et cetera, fill in the blank, you know, these, these big massive companies coming in really opens the door for so many other smaller businesses and people that aren't even directly impacted by, I'm sorry, directly related to the business investment at all. No, hundred percent. There, there's a lot of positives to it. And I think we're going to, I probably focus on a lot of those, just knowing how a lot of our conversations go. And, and, you know, I think both of us are pro business, right? We, we want to see Businesses succeed because that means that employees succeed, families succeed. There are so many down trickle down effects that occur if businesses succeed. Um, but I also want to dig into like, okay, 
when you give these incentives, is it actually worth the amount they give? So let me give you the hard example. The, the frontier line? <laughs> of football stadiums. So this is the one where maybe you might be able to school me a little bit here, but I wanted to... Because, guys, I, I don't know if you guys have realized this. I, I, I watch no sports. I, I, you could care less. I, Other than UFC, you could care less about sports. I could care less. I don't even know what ESPN channel, like, is the channel. Like, that's, that's, I don't even know what that is. Like, breaks my heart. Exactly. Like, it is wild how we are so close. Because I love that shit. I know. And the funny thing is, like, you know not to even talk about this stuff around me. Never do. You're like, you know what? There's not, like, <laughs> it's not going to be a conversation that's even worthwhile. No. You'll be talking to a wall. And I was You'd like, just be like nodding along, like, cool. Yeah, I'll be like, okay, so I will switch off the subject because I could care less. Yeah. So sports-wise, <laughs> but what I do think is funny because um, my wife's father, uh, he, he works in the city. And one of the things that he always talks about is, is whenever they get a big company uh, contract. So when they're able to convince a, um, you know, a big battery manufacturer or a new EV site or something like that, he's, he's always very excited because the city competes against other cities for this stuff. Now, Glendale... Uh, which is in Arizona here. They're on the other side of our Phoenix town. There's where our what football and hockey hockey stadiums are. <clears throat> so the Cardinals play and the Coyotes play there, right? Two different stadiums. They competed for these $150 million they provided in tax benefits to those stadiums. Now, that sounds like a lot of money, but the Buffalo Bills were just received from New York's New York Buffalo. billion to build a new stadium. So we're not talking like small little incentives sometimes. No. (laughs) This is like the entire GDP of the town for the next 20 years. Like if you could think like, like that's a lot of money in tax revenue. So they essentially say, hey, you know what? You don't have to pay any taxes for our town forever. Here's the money. We're going to front some of it. Here's the land. So when you think about that, does the city actually reap the benefits of a billion dollars? And there's where it's like, okay, because to your point, yes, new business, new jobs, but does it tally up well, at the end of the day? Let's not, let's not address this because, guys, again, how many of the 60-some-odd episodes we've done, I bet 59 and a half of them have mentioned whenever the government provides something, who's actually providing it, Cody? The taxpayers. Thank you. So... Let's not turn a blind eye and let's not address, you know, almost the elephant in the room. How many tens of thousands of new IRS agents mm. have to be that are that are going to be just combing through everyone's stuff? And that's a different episode, different different topic. But if we're going to just be shelling out tens, hundreds, and now billions of dollars for tax incentives, but yet we're going to increase, wasn't it like 87,000 new IRS agents? Yeah, to, to look at pretty much middle America. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. Middle and middle and below America. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, if you're making less than $100,000, you're probably going to get audited now to some extent. So that's but where it's... Went off topic there hard. I love that one. I mean, did I though? Uh, Would you say that's off topic? Do you think those guys are getting tasked with auditing the Buffalo Bills? No, no, no. I don't. Uh, I don't. But oh, what okay. the, the line of thought that I was going off of is, is taxes, tax revenue, mm. missed tax revenue. <laughs> And we're now missing out on a billion dollars of tax revenue because we gave this incentive as a Buffalo. But yet now we have 87,000 new IRS agents. I see. So it's like- That that was the line that I was going, and I'm a little too far off, No, I see. So you're kind of like talking out of both ends. We are. Like, hey, we want to collect more tax revenue unless you're a big football team. 
but so I, I I get that you're going to the Bills, the the yeah, Cardinals, Cardinals here, and, and I'm sure those are just the two examples. I got a bunch of different. Yeah, examples, I'm sure, but that's one of them. But but it's it's every big company. It's the Teslas. It's the Disney's. It's the Buffalo Bills. It's the Cardinals. I mean, basically any company that you can name, they're getting probably a break somewhere. You know what a stadium is going to cost? I'm sure what five billion dollars, some crazy. Like, everyone's just trying to outdo each other. One point four billion. Okay, and the taxpayers are picking up one point one. That's nice. That's man. a good deal. Well, you know, the owner of the Buffalo Bills, I mean, these are pretty modest people. The NFL owners, I mean, they, they just live very simple lives. I mean, they don't, they need this, actually. I bet he only has maybe one, two helicopters tops. So here's the, here's the conundrum that the cities are in. Glendale, I'm guessing the stadium's in Buffalo. I would, I would hope, but okay. that's kind of, that's a different subject. Okay. Hell, the Giants and Jets Stadium, first of all, it's shared, and it's also in Jersey. Okay. But, <clears throat> and those are New York teams, by the way. Yeah. So let's just say this one's in Buffalo, but let's say Glendale. We know that one, right? Yep. It's in Glendale. When when they have when to build a new stadium, let's say the Cardinals are like, hey, we're going to start building a new stadium. Why doesn't Phoenix get in on that action, right? And so now Glendale has to, and this is where you're kind of in a dilemma if you're a city. Once you Once somebody is given money or a credit of some sort, and this is where I want to kind of get into this. Precedent's been set how do you not do it again because somebody else will? And it's funny, I came across this. Have you ever heard of this? It's called a prisoner's dilemma. Yeah, of course. You have heard of this. I've never heard of that before. You know what a prisoner's dilemma is. It's almost like a zero-sum game, right? Yeah, and in game theory, it's essentially if you don't do act prior, you're somebody else probably will. So the idea there is, is if I'm like a crime boss and I'm you know in court... If I don't rat out somebody else, I may be ratted out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So lawyers use that all the time, essentially, to where saying, hey, they they separate you and I. You and I both were involved in the crime, but you're in one room, I'm in the other. It's soundproof, obviously. And they say, hey, if Cody rats on you, you're looking five to 10. But if If you rat on Cody, he's looking at five to 10, you get off scot free. But if we don't rat on each other, we're only going to serve 18 months. I love, I love that you knew what a president's dilemma is because this is what it's like. If you're Phoenix and you're Glendale and the Cardinals contract is up, you know, 10 years, well, around year eight or nine, that Cardinals owner is going to probably start trying to figure out, okay, how do I get my next best deal? And if neither city talks, they get the best deal possible. Are either city going to not talk? Of course not. And here's, here's the conundrum. This is the problem. How do we fix that? All right. Well, that's I mean, kind of the issue. <sighs> Should they really so, be competing in the so, first place? So first of all, oh, sorry. what we talked about is these cities, for lack of a better term, let's call it business development teams, mm-hmm. not sales teams, right? Business development teams. So it's no different than you and I. I don't think we've actually explicitly stated this on a podcast, but we have in our everyday conversation and debates and discussions, et cetera. People get really pissed off with, oh my gosh, I can't believe Biden didn't do X, Y, and Z. But or or Trump or Obama, you know, fill in the blank. I'm talking about people get pissed off when the president doesn't address X, Y, and Z. But then fast forward 30 seconds in the conversation, and they're bitching about, oh, I want smaller government. It's like, do do you want them to do nothing and just kind of let the people, let the perfect market figure itself out? Or do you want them to act? Because you can't have it both ways. So these business development teams, these sales teams for these cities... Do you want them to not talk and just, you know, maybe pick the best location for their fans? Or do you want them to potentially do their jobs? And what do you want? Because you can't have it both ways. You can't have a sales team yeah. and expect them not to be hungry and not make a deal, not make a package. Yeah. And I was, am, am I, 
No, no, 100%. You, you see that? Yeah, and this is where I'm kind of thinking, if we get into our second beer here, because who knew this conversation would be so fiery? Right? It's fun, yeah. I didn't, I didn't anticipate this at all. Yeah, me neither. So you have these teams, right, that are trying to advocate for their city. And let's clearly say, for everybody that's not from Arizona, Glendale is not a good location for these stadiums. It wasn't. It never has been. Have you been to a Cardinals game, though? The, oh, Did they're they, busy. They built it up great. Yeah, but still, like, if you were going to pick a location within Agre- the Valley. Prior to it, probably be next to last, last on the list. Exactly. So if you were going to pick an area in Phoenix, right? And guys, just so you know, Phoenix is a large suburban market, right? Let's just say it's, you know, every every direction you can go an hour and hit a city. Glendale it, is probably 45 minutes away at minimum from every one of the Cardinals fans. Yeah. And, and also from densely populated, higher net worth folks too. Like it's it's definitely away from people that are normally probably buying a lot of the tickets. And so the issue there is, is like, okay, they picked it because Glendale's sales team was so good. And they were also willing to give up more than any other city. I'm wondering, and this is really the top, why we're having this discussion. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Because I don't know if Glendale, they're in debt from that deal still. I'm wondering if it's actually even worth it to the cities to be competing like this, or if it should be like, hey, you know what? We're not really going to compete for business. You as a you as a business should select the location based on what we do well. Maybe we have tech people in our neighborhood. Maybe we have a business that you do, you know, as a supply chain. Maybe geographically we're near a port. Like maybe it should be more based on just the natural attributes versus what kind of money we can give you. I was just saying, so you want it based off merit, not based off the fact that I can cut the biggest check. Yeah. What do you think about that? No, I, I think it's a valid point. A little early here to begin an opinion. It, it is, answer, it but. is. But actually, I mean, I want to, I want to propose a question. I'm curious if if you went here on this. So I don't have any research, but you know what really bothers me. And we're getting get into a little economical philosophy and potentially political philosophy as well. But hear me out on this one. Is it right or wrong for Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and you know the, these moguls of the world? If they want to start saying, hey, I want to open up at the regional headquarters and 200 cities across the across the country drop their pants. Because they will, right? That, that's just how the game is played. It happened with Amazon, right? With their regional headquarters. Yes. And Brooklyn lost it. Well, that was... Um, that's because the people rioted behind AOC was the one that was kind yeah. of leading the charge on that one, right? Yeah. So let's say, uh, let's say, hey, Jared and Cody, uh, six-pack discussions gets... gets you know, decently big to where we're going to move outside of our recording studio in Cody's house and we're actually getting an office. Mm -hmm. And we make this big announcement. We'll do it on Instagram. We'll do a fun little, you know, reel about it, I'm sure, right? Do you think the city of Chandler or Gilbert or Phoenix or San Antonio or New York would give a shit about our business? Well, it's because of the amount of employees. But did we not just say, you know, that, economic advancement of the second and third order effects. So why are we giving certain businesses certain privileges? It's, it's an yeah. unfair advantage. Well, I, think, I if, think, well, I think the idea there is that they have scale, right? And that's so, undeniable. Yeah. Like a, a thousand people are going to buy from 10,000 people locally. You see what I'm saying? Like they're going to go buy 10 different businesses. Me and you, even if we scale, right? 10 people. Okay. 10 people are still going to only buy from a hundred businesses 
And so there's kind of the issue where they're like, oh, we're going to put the money in the big businesses because that's what's going to scale the fastest. I, I, I 100% okay. agree what you're saying. Okay. But I'm just, I, I have a problem. And it's not necessarily that the Jeffs and the Elons of the world don't need it. I'm not trying to say about that. Like, that's a separate episode, and I think we've already covered that. What I'm saying is I don't think that's very fair. I think it's almost kind of subsidy-esque, subsidizing, you know, different crops and shit like that whenever we went to that in an earlier podcast. I almost view that as subsidizing different companies. But you're subsidizing just because they're big towards the little guys, what makes up, what, 90% of the workforce that are working for little guys. I don't know. I, I, I just have a problem with you're, you're helping people that don't need help, first of all unnecessarily with my tax dollars, with your tax dollars. I just have a problem with giving billionaires discount shopping when we're giving 10,000 heirs full price. Yeah, it's funny. There was actually a lot of stuff. I, I actually, I, I don't know if I agree just yet with your, okay, let's your hear line it. of thought. Let's talk it out. Logic. But there was a lot of stuff talking about small businesses and the multiplier effect by having X amount of small businesses in your, um, in your city. So I think they did some studies with like Detroit and Chicago and Los Angeles. And what they did is they figured out that over the years, as small businesses increased, it wasn't an additive effect to the local economy. It was a multiplier effect. And so what they found is, is that um, when you incentivize small business, you incentivize uh, entrepreneurship, when you incentivize, you know, maybe some type of tax deal with uh, businesses. Innovation sparks. Yeah, something happens where the small businesses work together to create, you know, not a one plus one, but a, you know, one times five. Okay. And I'm following you. And so there is something to be said there with, you know, hey, you don't have to be big to add growth to an economy. But I still don't know if I agree that I think the incentive should scale with the size. Right. And so if you're going to if you're going to bring in 10 jobs, let's say we're going to give you a incentive of a thousand dollars. If you bring in a thousand jobs, I'm going to give you an incentive of a million dollars. It scales appropriately per employee. And that's what I, I think that makes sense. From so, so maybe I'm misunderstanding kind of where you're coming from. So should the city of Glendale done that, though, should it scale? Because Arizona Cardinals, I mean, hell, they just don't have Cardinals games there. They have monster truck jams. They have yeah. concerts, right? Yeah. It, it's it's an event center that just has happened to be home, and the main attraction is the Arizona Cardinals. And I, I feel like I might be talking out of both sides. Too, Th that's I, what I'm saying. I, I can't I can't stand. You don't know where my position. I'm is. I'm okay yet. with fighting a two front war. I just need to know I'm fighting a two front war to separate my my. I, I think it's because assets. you know I what I mean. I don't know where I settle on this. Right. I, I think I'm a little confused because I want cities to compete, but I know that when they compete, everybody loses. And so it's one of those weird situations where in a perfect world, I would not want the prisoner dilemma. I would want that not to be there. But I also don't want to you know, legislate that that's not allowed. So I'm kind of in a, in a thing where ever since cities started doing this, it's caused, unfortunately, probably higher price points, more taxes. Well, unfortunately, it's one of those things where whenever you have an effective sales team, an effective city, everyone else can lose. It's a zero-sum game, right? For Glendale to win, everyone else had to lose. 
Every all the other cities had to lose. Yeah. And then also the people in that city had to give up tax revenue that they probably could have earned if they earned it by merit. Right? So so let's say the best city for a business is actually Glendale for the Cardinals. It's centrally located. It has a good population base. Heck, 90% of Phoenix uh, Cardinal fans are actually in Glendale. Weird. Okay, perfect. Guess what? Cardinal owner or whoever's making this decision looks and says on a map, that's where we're going to build our stadium. Whether they give us incentive or not. Well, shit, they just cashed in on a lot of tax revenue without giving any incentive. So it's it's... It's a loss to the city that wins. It's a loss. And then also to the other cities that now have, they're just competing on dollar. They're not competing on merit. Oh, yeah. It it is a race to zero. And I can appreciate that, right? Because that that is capitalism in a sense. But now this is. It's not playing with your own money. Is it forced capitalism? What, What is the word I'm looking for to where you're almost playing with house money here? Exactly. It It feels like poker without your money. And that's why. I wanted to make the point that I did earlier. We just plussed up our IRS staff by 87,000, but yet we're cutting multimillionaire and billionaires, tens, hundreds, billion dollar deals. But yet you're taking away, you're making damn sure that Cody Zenmo is checking out at the end of uh, the, of, I'm sorry, end of the year. A little side note here, and we'll talk about the beer. Okay. Just because you mentioned Venmo. Yeah. I'm a little worried. Because I use Venmo a lot. Dude, are, are you worried? Are, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, I'm I'm, I'm wondering how Does this is Does it go back, what, seven years? Well, I'm worried. It's not like I get... I just get paid for things because I always offer to pay for stuff. And, hey, Venmo me. Exactly. Right? Like, we were down in Miami for my brother's bachelor party. Right, guys? Hundreds of dollars have been Venmo to you. <laughs> Thousands, dude. Right? Well, over the Miami trip as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right? We, like, I had every, every tab... Here you go, guys. Just Venmo me. Everybody Venmo me 20 bucks, cool. 30 bucks. Cool. I look and I have a Venmo, a balance of like $3,000. Yeah. And it's because everybody within 12 guys spent $3,000, but I'm the only one picking up the tabs. They were all Venmoing me properly. It's not like I'm out money. But I'm thinking, I'm like, man, when I do this deposit, like, am I going to get like, where did that money come from? Were you selling goods? Because that's what the idea is, is that you're making money and yep. not paying taxes on it. Yep. I'm not making money on any of it. That, that's... I'm using my own money so, just so to pay for let's just say let's just say you're in the highest tax bracket. What is that, 38%? Yeah. Okay, let, just for round numbers, let's call it four, 40%. On that $3,000, what is that, $1,200? Yeah. So they're going to come after you, potentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're going to come after you for $1,200. And I have to somehow back up. But yeah, they're cutting Elon Musk, who $1,200 is, is less than a rounding error. They're cutting him $100 million deals. To come to Texas. To move the business there. Do you see where my rub, I wasn't trying to go off on some conspiracy theory or, you know, hey, screw the rich, tax the rich. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that they are concerned with the you's and me's of the world, and they're not concerned with the Buffets, the Musks, and the Bezos of the world. Through their actions, at least. Or the Microsofts, the Samsungs, the Amazons. We could say too, right? Like Thank the, you. The actual corporations. Yeah. Okay, let's take a quick break here because that was a fun little side. I liked it. The Venmo thing is, uh, I actually been, like, that's kind of been on the back of my mind. Back? Yeah, because I'm like. Who's been front, left, and right, and backside? 
Well, it, I, they're not getting Venmoed a lot because I too yeah. will pick up the tab and oh, I'll just Venmo but, me later. But it's not like it's like it's all justifiable. Like it's all not selling. Okay, a glitch, okay. So but. I just went on a family vacation. Yeah, let's just call it. It was a uh, six people. Let's call it. It was a five thousand dollars family vacation with various yeah. gas and rental car and hotels yeah. and plane tickets. Everyone is going to Venmo me. Yeah, I will then have a five thousand dollar Venmo balance. And then you transfer it to your account. It looks like you made $5,000. Now, all you have to show is that it wasn't from selling goods and services and the IRS should be good. That's what my understanding of it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because um, really what it's to do is to make sure, because a lot of business owners use Venmo. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and that's the idea is to kind of curb that, which makes sense too. Okay, what are we drinking today? So buddy? we're going to go from business owners to Hipsterville. <laughs> so this is Barrio Brewing Company, Hipsterville IPA. Um, so Barrio is actually headquartered down there in Tucson, Arizona. Um, like Cody alluded to earlier, this, this holds a special place in my heart. You know, this is where I got my last military promotion. I got to celebrate with my best friends, which I wouldn't trade for the freaking world. So admittedly guys throw out this rating and any past and present and future ratings for Barrio, throw out my rating because I can't remain biased. I, I love Barrio for the memories that it created for me. So what's your rating? Oh, okay. Kind of cool though. It's got a, uh, hundred percent employee owned. So that's kind of neat. A native, independent, local brewery. Mm, this is 3.5 all day long. 3.5. Hazy IPA, guys. <clears throat> 3.5 all day long. I'm going 4.0. Wow, I went below you? Four. I think it's great. I respect it. And it's funny because you actually are like giving it extra for mm-hmm. credit. I, think I am. A, I think it's a great Hazy IPA. Dude, honestly... So don't get me wrong. I feel like we've learned a lot over the last year, year and a half, however long we've been doing this podcast now. And I've gotten to know you on different levels. But one of my greatest successes of this podcast, got to be making you an IPA fan. Well, if it's not a Michelob Ultra, though, that's a 5-0 beer all day. (laughs) This is just... Four zero. It's not. It's it's good. No, no. It's actually very good. Um, it's a good beer. I, I would drink this and I would order it at a bar anytime. Actually, um, it's kind of weird, you know, for not knowing. I've never seen this beer. I picked it up yesterday. You think, right? And, and never seen it. This probably should be in a lot of places. Like, it's a great beer to me. I think it's so, great. Yeah. Shout out you guys over at Barrio Brewery. Um, get some of those contracts with some of the uh, everybody. Yeah, bars and stuff, because you guys got a good beer. Put it on draft. Okay, so let me run you through a couple of things, because I wanted to bring these up, because I think it's hilarious. I've already brought up one of them, of course, the Buffalo Bills, $1.1 billion of the $1.4 billion tab for the new stadium. Pretty interesting. Um, what do we got here? Yeah. How many billions of dollars do you think uh, football stadiums have received? All 32? Not all of them have received deals, but let's just say out of all the ones that have, uh, if you sum them all up. Well, shit, you already gave me. That's the biggest of all time. By far, just so you know. But yeah. I would go with, um, just because building new stadiums is, is hard. Only about maybe five have done in the last 10 years. I'm going to go with probably $2.5 billion. <laughs> times four. 7. $10 million. 7.5. Oh. So sorry, uh, times four. 2.5 right. times four. I yeah, I know. I know. I know. 
7.5 billion dollars quarters and a dollar 7.5 billion dollars of tax Jeez. dollar money have been uh shifted towards football stadiums do you think that's a good use of taxpayer money what, what's your just yes or no what do you think do you think it actually do you think 7.5 billion you've you've received let's see just a return of 10 percent on that money do you think that's actually true or do you think it's been a net negative Look, you're tugging on my heartstrings. You know I love football. <laughs> do you think the stadium it has to be like remodeled and spend a billion dollars on? Do you think it matters that much? No. Do you think Do you think football fans really care? Because they're watching mostly from what TV, right? Yeah, sports bars and stuff. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. You don't. Are the stadiums even like shown when they're doing like video? Sometimes, like the field matters, right? <laughs> That's all that really matters. The green stuff. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I don't think what they're banking on is they're going to get some new sexy stadium and they're going to get a Super Bowl. And that's when they get their big ROI for the city. So so when you spend that much money, you're guaranteed a Super Bowl? You're not guaranteed oh, shit. Oh, okay. That's what you're hoping for. Oh, you think the stadium helps with the Super Bowl? Oh, I know it does. Yeah. So if it's uh, like, it, so they really don't want inclement weather because they don't want to play in like a fucking ice bowl. Right, so that's why you know, kind of the either the closed door stadiums. Oh, you mean Super Bowl hosted there? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the team goes to the oh, Super Bowl. Oh no, no, no! I'm apologize. like Jared. This no, no, no. is this is a rough logical analysis. No, no, no I apologize. Here. So this isn't like NBA and MBLB to where the Super Bowl site. So it right moves. now, actually, this year yeah. is going to be the Cardinals. Like regardless, every five years, regardless. If the Cardinals make it or not, yeah. it will be in Phoenix. Well, that's what I meant. Cardinals get the Super Bowl because it's the best stadium and it's also perfect weather. We got good amenities. But it's also a retractable roof to where weather yeah. can be taken out of it. Yeah. And we've got it like three times the last 10 years. Have we got it three? I thought this was the second time. I think this is the third because I know there's already been two of them here. I don't know. Do you know better than me? I just make <sighs> stuff up sometimes with football. I know, but if you sound confident enough, you get me second guessing. I, I thought know. this was our second bowl. I don't know. But, okay. Whatever. Um, okay. That's the one I brought up recently. Uh, kind of news to us. Uh, this is actually very relevant to where we live. Uh, Queen up? Creek recently won the LG battery factory contract. Ooh, I didn't know this. Oh yeah. $1.4 billion battery factory going to be placed right down the street. Actually, probably and about five, six miles away from where I'm How at. much is Queen Creek paying? Um, undisclosed currently. <laughs> so let me go straight. So not only are you paying with my tax dollar money, and by I, I mean, I have property in Queen Creek. Undisclosed. Now you're not even going to disclose how much you're wasting on my money. There's a couple of very- How is that legal, actually? <clears throat> I, I don't know. If Surely by the time they cut the check, they have to disclose. Yeah, I think it's because the money hasn't been like- <clears throat> So I believe they have a- It's planned. So let me get straight. So it's- I interpret that as almost like, hey, we may not be at the number yet, but we're close enough to where- we know you overpaid. We just don't know how much you overpaid yet. Well, it's probably more like the sales guy has a signed contract and they just, there's a year in it when they actually have to put the money in. And that's probably when it is. Is it because we maybe just went through elections in our various cities to where? Maybe. I don't know. That's that's bad. Man. I don't Undisclosed. Know. That's probably the worst answer you could have given me. I know. So undisclosed at this point. Now, maybe it is disclosed. I just couldn't find it. But um, right now, it's undisclosed, at least at the, the site I was at. Um, so $1.4 billion battery factory, which is super interesting because, of course, you know, like batteries, we just talked about in our last episode, are going to be the future of a lot of investment. And so yeah. really a big win for Queen Creek, if you think about it, like, which is a no-name city in Arizona. Queen Creek, you know, it's growing. It's, of course, a, a very fairly large city. But if you ask, you know, anybody in Arizona, it's like Queen Creek, that, that, that's like an 
outlander type of city. Um, let's talk about the Florida Disney situation for a little bit. Okay. So Florida has had a independent government that they created about 50 years ago for the Walt Disney Corporation, where they created a city called uh, Rand County or something like that, or Reed County. And essentially, they just created a city out of nowhere uh, in swamplands that wasn't really an incorporated city. And they said, hey, um, Disney, you guys can have the ability to elect your own mayor, your own council people, and everything like that, all underneath your own control. You can have your own power, utility companies, everything you want. You are in full control of the city. How do you think of what do you think about that with a corporation or, or a company having that much power in a city or a, a county of some sort? Oh, it's not even up for discussion. I think that's <clears throat> look, there's a line, and I like to draw it at money. Whenever we start talking about sovereignty, essentially, right? I think that's so far past the line. I can't believe that precedent's been set. To my knowledge, please correct me if I'm wrong, but to my knowledge, only Disney has ever been able to get away with that. I bet you there's more. I bet you Dow... Do you think that would... I bet you Dow Chemical. Um, I bet you some automakers. But, but, okay, what about Intel? I mean, Intel, you can't shake a stick. I bet in your, in your neighborhood right now, I bet there are a dozen Intel employees. I bet, but still, Intel's newer. So that's the issue. that's the situation. Oh, so you think the old old? That's why I said Dow money. Chemical. I know Dow Chemical. This is Civil what War. What about like era. Texas Instruments? Maybe yes. I bet you TI. some old companies did a little handshake deal with a you know a governor of some sort and said, "Hey guys, we're kind of the only employer in this area. We're going to move our building outside of Texas or outside of the city unless we get our own jurisdiction." The reason we want our own jurisdiction is that we just want to be in control of our power. We want to be in control of a, you know, our regulations for business, our taxes, and and I bet you there's been some old school deals. Not saying they're right of any means, but this is the one that's made recent news. So, what do, what do you think the railroads have then? So I bet you railroads had some. Good I bet BNSF deals. has everything then. Well, not everything, but I bet you railroads and oil companies had some good deals back in the day. A lot of those have been probably renegotiated and, and kind of torn away probably because railroads are kind of like, unfortunately, a little bit more like old school thing of the past. Oil companies, of course, have been demonized over the years, so they're probably trying not to be in the in the crosshairs of anybody. Um, but so we're both in agreement. This probably should not be still in effect. Dude, I am okay with business development teams cutting tax. Oh, okay. I, I do think it's, let me not say I'm okay with it. I understand why they cut, you know, tax deals, incentives, packages, shit like that. But I'm sorry, own sovereignty? Because that's what it is, right? Uh-huh, yeah. I mean. They pretty much have control of their own destiny of their own city. Yes. Independent of anyone else's success, they can make it happen. So I think that's actually wrong. I I, I don't even see the line there. I think it's so far past. Well, also imagine, so, you know, Florida... Um, they are kind of like a, I think they're me, they're like an attraction capital of the world, right? Like people go there to visit. I think that's a majority of their economy is based on visitors. Um, so you got Walt Disney, you probably have, uh, you got Universal Studios, you probably have a couple different like attraction theme parks. 
what kind of a competitive advantage is it for Disney over Universal when they own their own city and town? So now you're removing competition from the mix. And now it's well, unfair competition. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I think we would all agree from a business standpoint that Disney is a bigger business, especially we don't even have to take into account all of its subsidiaries like ESPN and shit like that. But just from a, a, a park standpoint, Disney is a bigger company than Universal. Okay. So we can't talk out of both sides of our mouth because I had a problem with the bigger companies getting these deals in the first place uh-huh. over the, the Jared and Cody podcast studio. So we can't talk about, oh, well, well, the bigger guy like Disney really fucks over Universal Studio. So, no, I, well, I'm saying they can get more money. I don't mind them getting more money, right? What's weird is when they're in control of the city. Now, now it's that's a different type of world, don't you think? I, I mean, what is control? I, w- I would feel like money and control are one and the same. Would I, okay, maybe I was a little too far in saying they're one and the same. They're strongly correlated. If someone has more money than you, typically they have more control than you. Okay, so let's say... Let's say Glendale, right? They want okay. to raise their sales tax. Okay. So right now, the sales tax is 10%. Okay. I they're get gonna, what you're going. Yeah. But then the Disney mayor They says, can't do it. Nope. Nope. We're going to say at 2%. So you see how they- there's So there's an 8% advantage right Exactly. There. Whatever they want to, right? They can always just keep their tax rate at zero if they wanted to. And so- So so how is that different? Let, let's just say, let's let's say it's eight and two. Let's say Disney mayor mm-hmm. says, and I'm saying this as a made up title, Disney mayor versus- you know, Orlando Mayor, where the hell the universe... I think yeah. Orlando's where yeah. Universal is. Probably. Let's say it's 10% versus 2%. There's an automatic 8% gain. How is that any different than mom and pop shop over on Queen Creek Boulevard and the Amazon hub right on Queen Creek Boulevard paying a difference of $150 million in taxes? How is that any different? So I understand there's a little bit more direct control, but at least... I'm okay with direct control rather than some arbitrary government sales team screwing me. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot here for me to kind of reconcile. I'm trying to defend my point at the same time. I think I see your point a little bit. Um, I don't like either, but I definitely think that owning your own city is probably worse. That's what I'm trying to get to, I guess. Like I, I oh, look, look, okay, that, that's so. So you can see my point, but now, now we're going to talk about what is worse. So there's similarities. Yeah. But now we're going to talk about what is worse. So help me understand. So I know Disney, the whole you know city sovereignty, essentially. Help me understand what is their true power? Do they have control over police, fire, roadways? Yeah. Electrical power. Yeah. I mean, they have complete control. They are the city of Disney, essentially. Uh-huh. Which means that, hey, you know what? We don't need a waste service. Yeah, Universal has to pay $100,000 in waste. Yeah. So there's not like, because we can all be probably honest, like a business is probably going to be a little bit more efficient than a city. Right. There's a little bit of waste normally with government. All day, every day. <clears throat> so they can just, yeah, we're just going to hire the best waste service company and we're going to pay 20% less or whatever it is. So I think when you own the city, you you just have a competitive advantage automatically. Now, <laughs> heck, it kind of sounds good. 
But now you're also building your own rules, your own regulations. And, you know, what if it's wastewater? What if there's things that impede the city next year? Right? I think cities, since they are more of a public service, they kind of take that into account and they make sure that there's not going to be a, uh, a mismanagement of land to some extent, right? Because unfortunately cities have not done this properly in the past, but I think nowadays most, most cities, you know, don't mismanage land properly, meaning like waste and, and pollution and things like that. It's all about efficiencies, yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately they do take care of those things, but if you're a company and, and let's say you're Dow Chemical and you get to own your own city with a lake in it, well, shit, I'm just going to dump all my chemicals right into the lake. So I, don't, I, I see that as problematic because unfortunately that lake goes into the groundwater, that groundwater goes into the neighbors around, that lake maybe is connected to a river that's now connected to 10 cities down next door. So I just see, see a lot of probable repercussions with companies owning the entire jurisdiction. More so, you know, of course, it's probably, it's probably more efficient with repercussions downstream. So... <clears throat> Correct me if I'm wrong, and damn it, I wish I would have known that we would have been this uh, debate-heavy and this kind of fiery, which I love. I think it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wish I would have known we would have gone down certain tracks to where I could have been a little bit better prepared. But correct me if I'm wrong, but there is some type of law out there towards, let's say, um, uh, Jared Company, I'm allowed X amount of particles per million, particles per billion, whatever the hell the the metric is there, into the air because I'm a laundry detergent company, right? So I'm only allowed X particles per million in the air to where... But then I I can buy your shit. Carbon credits. Carbon credits, thank you. I can buy Cody Company because, hey, you guys are a lot more efficient, but I can buy your shit to where now I don't get fined out the wazoo in layman's terms, that's how it works, correct? Um, I don't think that's actually like a law. I think people, uh, people companies do that to show a net n- neutral carbon footprint. Okay, I thought it was a law. Okay, so this is just a feel good? It's a marketing thing. Okay, it's a marketing thing. Like Google. Okay, great. Like, like Google great. says, hey, we're, we're carbon neutral. Okay, so that doesn't even blow up my point, which is awesome. So, which means, so I can therefore market myself as you know some carbon neutral because i just got 150 million dollars freed up in tax credit so now i can actually look better than cody company because we're the same as far as revenue and profit but because i can actually buy your stuff because my 150 million dollar credit because you only got a hundred million dollar credit so i got 50 million on top of you i can pay 25 million dollars for your carbon credits and then i can market it better for another 25 million and now i'm better what does it have to do with the city, though, owning the city? So I don't like the city thing. That's where my official stance. I think okay. that's a lot. But my point is we're giving money away. To we're pe- back to, like, the Cardinals stadium or yes. Bill Okay. Yeah. So so the city, I, I made up my mind, the city is probably the worst. Like, giving them their own sovereign nation, <laughs> essentially, right? Yeah. That is wrong. Okay. So we're already against that. Like, Florida getting I th- rid of that. I, I think we're sense. aligned. I think it's a lot of apples to oranges, but they're still fruits. A lot of similarities. But I think the city thing, I didn't realize that they could actually impact their own taxes. I didn't think they could actually impact their own waste, power. I, I didn't Everything. I didn't realize that. So shame on me. Okay. But I don't see that I don't think it's that dissimilar of a situation. 
Okay, so you don't you're 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 a fan of for cities competing for businesses. So I didn't say, and, and if I did, I misspoke, and I apologize. I'm not necessarily a fan. I understand why it happens, but I'm not saying I'm a fan. Okay, so of it, you're neutral. No, because that's lame. So are you saying that it's hold on? Is it good or bad for the? growth of our country how about that i think it's bad oh oh, i I can't say it's bad so i'm going to give the the cop-out answer with it depends so if i spend a million dollars but i get back five million dollars in Maybe mm-hmm. not just direct yeah. credit, you know, tax credit, shit like that. So it depends. So if I'm going to overspend, um, shit, I think it is Virginia. Virginia is touted as one of the more efficient. So on the frontier curve, as far as what they spend for economic development versus what they get, Virginia is touted as, as one of the more efficient. Okay. Right? So they spend $1,000, but they actually do get back $5,000. Let's... To, oh, sorry, go ahead. To whereas Colorado, ironically enough, they are actually right on the frontier curve, right? So if they spend $3,000, they get $3,000 in benefit. I'm okay with that. It's putting money back in the economy and businesses, et cetera. And, you know, of course, the second and third order effects that we've already established. But what I'm not okay with is the inefficient cities that will spend... One billion dollars and give back three hundred million. That yeah. is what I'm not okay with. And I'm and, and where I'm thinking, that, and I don't know if there's actually a report on this, but I'm thinking that if you take all the cities' tax benefits that they've provided to businesses, you know, every year, right? Because I'm I, I'm saying, hey, all all across America, all the cities combined, all of them have given a hundred billion dollars in incentives. Have they received more than less than $100 billion? And I think it's less. That's why I'm saying I think it's a net negative for the so, group. So US-wide? Yeah. There are clearly people that do it better. And there are clearly people that do it worse. Like I said, Colorado is yeah. right on the frontier yeah. scale. And anyone frontier and above? Good. Hey, cool. But the problem is, is that the, that's how the world works, right? You're always going to have above average and, and that's what I'm saying it's a net negative. I'm saying it's a net negative and I'm just wondering if we got rid of it, would it be better? Because now you're doing it all based on merit. Every business just picks the spot based on merit. So, and now you're probably, you're probably, here, here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. Oh man, I don't know. This, this may be a really shitty point, but guys in full transparency because of Cody and I's Travel schedule, we had to double up today. So give me give me a little bit of a break here. So this is where we go with some wild ideas. Yeah, yeah. You started off with an NFL example. So I'm going to bring it home with an NFL example. <laughs> the shittiest team the previous year gets the first draft pick. Okay. Right. So that way. The Cowboys don't continually be good. Sometimes whenever we kick everyone's ass, we get a shitty draft pick, right? Are they Super Bowl? You're, you're getting into to particulars here that is irrelevant to the point. No, I'm obviously kidding. So the Super Bowl winner, guys, gets obviously the last pick. The shittiest team gets the first pick, right? So what my point is, is if we continue to allow the Scottsdales and the Phoenixes of the world, 
continuously be good, but we don't ever give the opportunity saying, hey, Glendale, hey, I know I suck, but I can cut a little bit better check to where now I can get the Arizona Cardinals. Now I can actually get, hey, that incentivizes the Phoenix Coyotes. Hey, that incentivizes the 10 different bars around the surrounding area. This gives me a fighting chance to at least talk with my mouth, to at least talk with my dollars to be good. So this almost allows cities to not suck forever. To be able to provide a little bit of an incentive. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I was thinking about this. I was thinking there's a lot of cities out there that are kind of underneath like hard times. So let, let, let's talk about like Detroit. We were both up there the last week. Okay. You got to take a piss. Yep. We both have to take pisses. We're going to pause here before we close. Okay, guys, we just came back from a quick little pee break. What's going on? We good? Yeah, we're good. Recording. Yeah, so a little pee break real quick. We, uh, I think Jared just told us, told you guys, uh, we we actually recorded two episodes in a row today. So we we're actually not on our third beer like normal. We we're actually on our sixth beer, two different types, but whatever. Um, but I was Jared asked me a question: Is how, how do we give these smaller cities, these smaller towns that either have never been able to grow, or maybe are kind of in a little bit of a bind, or what's the right word there, Jared? Maybe they're kind of in a stagnant state yeah right and and i think i mentioned um detroit so we were both in detroit this last week just not even together just randomly (laughs) actually two different clients too. yeah two different clients two different like just hanging out in detroit for so we flew into detroit and detroit's one of those towns i think detroit is one of those towns that it's big it is a big town it used to be way bigger it used to be probably i i would say 50 years ago, 60 years ago, was kind of the future city of America, right? This is auto nation. This is where all of American cars are made, right? Made, created, developed, everything. You got Ford, you got Chrysler, you got General Motors all located there. Um, Good wages, good benefits, good pensions, all coming from these huge companies. You go there now, and it's, it's run down. It is a rough city. Oh, shit. And um, how, <clears throat> how does Detroit, how do, how do the mayors, the council people, the people running for, you know, office in Detroit, how do they help Detroit out? And to Jared's point, honestly, very good point, how do they make themselves stand out? And, and, and maybe offering incentives to a new business, somebody that maybe maybe they're a electric vehicle maker. Maybe they're a, I don't know, um, some type of innovation in auto, like a computer system that automates driving, autopilot for GM cars, and you're, you're a, a business. Or maybe you're just Google and you're going to partner with Ford. Or something like that, right? And you're like, hey, you know what, Ford or Google, we're going to give you an incentive if you can partner with one of the big three here in town. And if you want to build a building here, we're going to give you the land for free. Some type of incentive. And to your point, Jared, I I, I like this. This is this is how you make sure cities don't die, especially the big ones that matter. Good question. Good question. It's hard. I don't know what answer I'm looking for, man. Because the but, last thing you want is you don't want every city doing this, but you no. can't tell them not to do it once you open the floodgates. Agreed. You you can't allow it for some and not for all. 
So every city now has this opportunity. Now, all of a sudden, what's Detroit doing? They're going to have to offer everything, right? A city that was bankrupt a couple of years ago now has to offer the next 10 years of their son, right? Like everything they have to attract a new business to hopefully survive for the next 30 years. So, <clears throat> question. It feels so competitive, huh? So does it? Because I view competition as everyone has an equal shot at the title, right? You know, to, I, I know the only sport you give a single ounce of shit about is UFC, right? Yeah. So one of the biggest rules on UFC is, correct me if I'm wrong, after you win, you have to take a drug test right then and there, correct? Mm-hmm. I thought like at the conclusion of the fight, you have to take a drug test because that's how like certain belts have been actually been like mm, voided. I don't think that's, I don't think that's normal. Okay. Maybe, okay. maybe a couple okay. times you saw it has done that, but mm. okay. So I thought there was a drug test right afterwards and I know there's a weigh in right, right before, before. Yeah. Weigh ins before. Okay, so I, before. Maybe I was, maybe I was, uh, uninformed yeah. on the, there's a the couple test. of guys that have gotten drug tests right after. But I don't think it's standard. So because it, it made headlines like, oh, post-fight drug test, yeah. I just assumed that was the norm. Yeah, and no, I only norms. hear about yeah. the people that fail. Yeah, yeah That's what it. I assume. So yeah. my bad. So anyways, like I said, so UFC example. Um, everyone gets, there. there is just a, a, a mass difference, literal mass difference between a 250-pound fighter and 120 pound fighter, right? Oh, yeah. Like I can exert, I mean, Newton, Newton wasn't full of shit. I can exert a lot more force. No behind, competition, right? No I have more mass and same acceleration. I win on force. That's right? why there's two different divisions. Um, so with that, Detroit competing against like a, another city. I see what you're saying. Is that fair? So I agree that, Hey, just sheer dollars and cents is a lot better than, whole city sovereignty but is it fair that the little mom and top little mom and pop grocery store doesn't get a break but sprouts and whole foods do i think it is actually interesting enough because i can offer things and we're going to city to city and i'm sure this is why glendale won cheap land i can offer things they also offered the owner a shit ton of land too. Yeah, but they can offer things that Phoenix can't. Phoenix doesn't have any additional development developmental land. Yep. And so when you're a big city like Detroit, you can't offer things that possibly the business requires. And so thus because Dearborn or Flint or all these other cities in Michigan win the business because they have the resources that are required. Or they can devote resources up and above what's required. So I think the underdog is actually sometimes in a better position. Not always, of course, right? They have to kind of go above what they feel comfortable with. But I think, I don't think it's a, a, I think there's advantages on both sides, if that makes sense. What do you think about that? I just, so here's the funny thing. I think the cities can compete for this stuff. I just, I'm upset about the consumer losing. I'm I'm upset about the taxpayer losing. Well, because every single time when they devote money, it's unnecessary money. If well, nobody so, could devote it. So you're pretty pretty devoted voter, correct? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you are well informed. You are more informed than I would say 9 of 10 of your neighbors. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
just in curiosity on all the different propositions that you've ever voted for, have you ever been able to vote for Amazon expansion plant? Oh, interesting. So let me get this straight. So they're spending tens, hundreds, billions of dollars. And you are the most informed voter I've ever met. So this is an honest question. I think I know the answer, but I don't know the owner of the answer. Have you ever gotten a chance to voice where your hard-earned money goes, where you have to sacrifice various trips every month away from your wife and kids? Have you ever gotten to say where your money goes from a business development standpoint? No, I, I don't... So like I said, I think I know the answer, but I don't know. Public services, they do vote on. So like for like schools and overrides uh-huh. and things like that. Yep. Um, but normally for private businesses and tax credits, I'm trying to think. The only thing that I think is kind of like this is usually like utility services, which are private businesses. But that's even reaching because utility is so highly regulated. I don't think so. So, g- great question because this is. Actually, I have a problem with that. This is. So you would say, "Hey, you know what, guys?" So it's funny because uh, Queen Creek. Um, I'm actually for this, and you know, I don't have a residence in Queen Creek, but I think it's great that LG wants to build a battery plant in Queen Creek. I think it's really cool. Yeah, um, I love it. It's going to raise property prices. It's in an area that's quite literally desert. It's not like it's like a like nice area. Like not it's yet. it's either going to be a suburb of homes or a battery plant to increase the value of the suburb homes next door. I like it. I think it's interesting um, because we all know that batteries are going to increase in value over time. So great. would love to see that five miles on the street from us. Queen Creek, a lot of residents are freaking out about it. They think it's, you know, going to be an eyesore. They think it's going to be bad. They think it's all these things. And I'm thinking, well, would Chandler even exist if we didn't have Intel? You know, 20, 30 years ago. There's a reason Chandler's on the map. Intel. Queen Creek's not on the map. That's That LG factory goes in, that's going to be now a place where people are going to have to move to. So I, I think it's funny because you bring this up. 30 to 40% of the residents in Queen Creek would probably vote against this because maybe they don't understand the repercussions of it properly or the, the consequences, positive consequences that would happen. Like of it. I don't know. Last time I checked, it's not a prerequisite to understand the consequences of your vote. I know. Being a part of American is you get a voice. Just because you think yeah. you're smarter and you understand the first, second, and third order effects of a decision on who you vote for on that ballot does not determine if you should vote or not. It's the same, man. Yeah, everyone gets the same vote. I've met a lot of stupid motherfuckers in they, my life. That can still vote. That have the same power as I do on a vote. I know. Isn't that weird? It hurts me, but it's the great country that we live in. Because you know what? They're stupid in one facet, but they could be actually really smart compared to you in another facet. They can be. And that's the idea, right? So... Okay. Okay, so let's start getting this thing wrapped up. So <laughs> I we, did not anticipate this podcast working out this way. So we have we have city incentives provided to businesses to you know locate their businesses in that um, jurisdiction. We talked about football stadiums, which get absorbed amounts of money, taxpayer money. We talked about Disney and Florida, which had a unique relationship in actually creating an entire city for Disney. And then all of our listeners, you guys all live in cities that probably have given money to a business or or two or three or 20. Is it right? Is it wrong? I think perfect world, 
I would not allow for cities to give incentives, but there's no way for me to remove it without impeding on, I feel like cities' rights. Because I wouldn't want cities not to be able to compete either. So it's one of those, you know, what do they say? Jacked if I'm not, or what's the saying? Oh, um, burn if I'm not, burn if I do. Damn if I do, damn if I don't. It's one of those situations for me. I don't know about you. But it's like one of those things, like, I guess this is the status quo. This is what it's going to be like. There's no other better option. Except for giving cities away. I don't think we should give cities away. That's the only thing I'm going to say no to. So here's what I like. I would like for a bill to be passed in each individual city across America. Oh, interesting. And I would like the voters to say, hey, I'm okay with X percent. Whether it's 1%, 2%, 10%, 50%, 100% of revenue, of tax revenue, that's allowed to be given as a tax credit to build in, to bring in businesses. Mm. I want the patrons of the city to vote how much they're okay with their sales teams negotiating for. Okay. I see that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So you're saying, hey, you know I just what? think it's dead wrong that it's just a blank, undisclosed check to LG. What the hell? Yeah. Need I remind you whose money you're undisclosing to? You're giving my money. money and right you're now. not telling me how much of my money you're giving? That's wrong. So I want the residents of the city, of the state, to say, hey, I'm okay. You generate a billion dollars in tax revenue. You can incentivize someone $10 million, $100 million, whatever percentage it is. I just want to have a voice. And I want each individual member of every city to have a voice. How important is it to the Cody's and the Jared's and the, the Britney's and the Anna's of the world and the eventual Lillian's and Mavericks of the world for Amazon, for LG, for Intel to come to their city? It's important, but it's also not the only thing that's important. Nope. Exactly. I see what you're saying there. I like that one. I wouldn't mind finishing with that. Um, I don't think I have any caveats of it. I think I'd say, yeah, you know what? Vote percentage every two years, every four years, update that percentage. Cool. Um, because whenever you're talking about, you know, the, the city of Buffalo's 20-year GDP. Yeah, I don't know if that's the number. I, I know, I know what you mean. But, but it's some absurd amount. But, but it's $1.1 billion? I don't think Buffalo's that big of a city, right? It's not, it can't uh, be you. Neither do I. Yeah. And and there's just not a chance in hell the patrons of of Buffalo would agree <laughs> to 100% for the next 20 years tax revenue. Well, I don't know. Buffalo, they, they're, aren't they some crazy They're fans? psycho fans. Okay. So, but, but you <laughs> know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll give you my daughter to make this happen. <laughs> we need a stadium. Are they that kind of psycho fans? Yeah, they are. Now you know why the Bills, I'm not. The Bills Mafia is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I just think it's dead wrong. For, for the fact that undisclosed is out on an official document is, is beyond me. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, finish this thing up, guys. Really appreciate you guys listening to this one. Um, you know, this affects every and each one of you guys that live in a city somewhere in America. So appreciate it. Um, as you guys listen, go on to wherever you guys are listening to your podcast, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, and uh, go give us a rating. Give oh, yeah. us a comment. Would love to see a couple of stars on there as give well. Give a discussion topic too. Yeah, and then shoot us over a DM for a discussion topic. 
We'd love to get some of those. We are on a pretty good list, but you know what? Sometimes it's fun to get one that we don't see, and we'll uh, we'll add it to the top sometimes as well. So I actually got one from uh, one of our Canadian listeners, Jared. Oh, fun. And she said, hey, um, grass um, like green in your front root? yard. Why, why do so many households think that you have to have grass? It takes a lot of water. It takes a lot of maintenance. What happened here? Why why is grass became a staple? I I don't know what I, I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it because I think it's an, an interesting topic because there's I probably don't even know where I start to interview or to research on that. Yes, I know, right? But it's interesting because she thought it was something that's important to her, and I was like, wait, shit, there's probably I respect a lot of, that. There's a lot of people that probably think should I put grass in my front yard? And we're in Arizona, of course, where in Tucson it's illegal to have real grass in your front yard. Right, so you have some some areas that have actually you know legislated around this. So actually, you know what? Let's talk about it. We'll put it on the list. Thanks, guys. See ya.